Welcome to the Wander Learn Podcast. I'm your host, Franz Tapon. In this episode, I have an Ask Me Anything episode lined up once again. Yes, that's right. Back to back AMA episodes. In this episode, I will address the questions and concerns and thoughts of DC Cranky and Yida who is one of my patrons at patreon.com. And speaking of keeping it short, DC Cranky says, Do I like your shorter podcast? Hmm, sometimes. I also like your longer podcast because it gives you an opportunity to get in-depth to a point. The Lucid Dream Guy. That was Derek Loudermilk. That was pretty good. I don't remember the length, but the conversation was pretty compelling. Now, listening to the married couple that won't get married... By the way, that was Sim Blanchard and Patty Montgomery. A good bunch of it is fun listening, but over an hour? None of your podcasts should ever go over an hour and probably not even 50 minutes max. First of all, that's a lot to listen to, and if it needs to go that long, break it up into two parts. Number two, as stated, a good bunch of fun listening, but also a lot of blah, 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 blah. You'd lose the audience that way. It'll take more of your time, but you'll have a better end product by scrubbing through the material and editing out what some in my industry would call shoe leather. Now, this is a great suggestion. And in my upcoming podcast very soon, you're going to love it because I interview the best, the best travel podcast out there. No, it's not the WanderLearn podcast. The best travel podcast is, well, you're going to have to tune in. I think it's going to come out next week. And it is phenomenal. And by the way, one of the reasons why it's so good is that the producer and the podcaster who does it edits the crap out of the podcast. And so that's the secret. It distills the podcast down to really good essentials. So I totally get this idea. I don't know why they call it shoe leather, but I understand this idea of scrubbing a podcast and making it down to its pure essence instead of letting things go on and on. I do do light editing but I don't do extreme editing. And I'm going to experiment. When I interview that best podcast person, I'm going to do some extreme editing and you're going to be able to see the difference, hear the difference, and tell me what you think. DC Cranky continues. He says, I like your podcast, but I may be biased. If I didn't get to know you through your books and have you connect with my family in Benin and relate to you on a personal level, I'm not sure if I would engage or not. In many ways, you seem like my brother from another mother. Don't change who you are or what you do, but see if you can mold your podcast a bit to bring some sort of repeatable format to it. I hear what you're saying, and I'm really struggling with this, really, because I know, for example, Tim Ferriss and the Amateur Traveler, Chris Christensen at the Amateur Traveler, they have this kind of formulaic shows. For example, both of them ask every guest the same few questions at the end of their show. Like Tim Ferriss says, you know, what's the book that you gifted a lot of people? Uh, if you had a billboard, what would you put on the billboard? Uh, Chris Christensen on his Amateur Traveler podcast asks people, you know, what three words come to mind about the country? What makes you say only in X? It's a repeatable format in that sense. And they generally have similar lengths, although Chris uh, Tim Ferriss goes all over the place. But here's the point. I guess I just haven't found a formula. And I don't really, at this point, want to ask the same questions to all my guests. I understand the advantage because, well, first of all, it's easy for me, the 
person who's asking the questions. Great. I always have the same questions I ask everybody. Wonderful. But I think it's important to personalize every interview. And so that's why I don't have a set set of questions that I ask everybody. Although I can understand the advantage of having that so you can compare what did so-and-so say to that question versus somebody else. What was the billboard of Bill Gates' favorite billboard versus, I don't know, Salomon Rushdie? So they might have different billboards. Well, I'm certainly they will. And it'll be interesting to compare all these things. So that's, I guess, why it's doing. But there's also something that could be a little bit lazy or something like that. That's why I'm resisting having too strict of a format. And I think one of the things that makes podcasts great is that there's kind of this free flow and you can have a five-minute episode, you can have a 50-minute episode. Hell, you know, you have Joe Rogan who sometimes will go on for two or three or four hours. But I understand also that people don't have a whole lot of time and I'm already talking too much. And so I should really keep things succinct. If I'm going to have a repeatable format, it should be shorter. How about that? Let's go back to DC Cranky, what he was saying. Going back to the short stuff, it works for Gary Arndt. Gary Arndt, he has a podcast called Everything Everywhere Daily, and it's a fabulous, fabulous podcast. Listen to my podcast with him and you'll hear all about it. Anyway, getting back, he says, It works for Gary because he has a very obvious template. And by the way, the template is pick one little subject, talk about it for 10 minutes, and boom, you're done. Maybe all your podcasts are only 30 minutes reasonably digestible, but in one, you lump together a bunch of similar themed short ideas, and in another, you break it up into parts, but only after you edit out the ho-hum stuff. I like the ideas of trying to keep my podcast under 30 minutes. I do. And so I'm going to try to keep things a little bit more succinct, but I can't promise you that. Sometimes I think the content is interesting enough for people to go over 30 minutes. But I'm going to, in general, respect the fact that some people are subscribing to dozens of podcasts and they don't have the time to listen to me even at twice speed, which is what I often do to podcasts. And it's just not enough bandwidth. And so they're less likely to listen to me if I have a big episode versus a 10-minute episode. And DC Cranky ends by saying, I'm pulling all this out of my ass, really just projecting what I think DC Cranky would say on some lame iTunes podcast review. Thank you, DC Cranky, for your not-so-cranky advice. I appreciate that. Let's go to a commercial break, and when we come back from the break, I get to read Yida, who is a patron at patreon.com slash ftapon, and he has some great questions and comments about Africa. This episode is sponsored by The Athletic Brewing Company, which makes yummy non-alcoholic beer. Now, before you disparage non-alcoholic beer, consider this. During the 2020 International Beer Challenge, the Athletic Brewing Company won Brewer of the Year for North America, and they only make non-alcoholic beer. Enjoy the refreshing taste of craft beer without the alcohol or the hangover or the beer belly. Last year, Athletic Brewing donated over $300,000 to trail restoration projects. With Athletic Brewing, you can even drink and drive. When the cop pulls you over for driving too slowly, you can say, Dude, I was just chilling, drinking beer. Non-alcoholic beer, that is. Although you can't order beer by mail, you can order non-alcoholic beer by mail. So go to athleticbrewing.com, use the promo code WANDERLEARN20 to get 20% off your first order. Buy at least two six-packs so you can get free shipping. That's WanderLearn20 with no spaces to get 20% off. Yida writes, 
As you wrote such a detailed section on malaria in West Africa, I'm wondering if you plan to follow up discussion on COVID-19 in Africa and some major responses and developments. Okay, Yida, I'm probably not going to touch on COVID-19 too much in my book because I think by the time my book comes out, COVID is going to be kind of, well, not in the history books, but it's going to be kind of like Ebola in a sense. You know, it was a one of these pandemics that came and went and it ran through Africa, but I don't want my book to be about pandemics in Africa because I already feel like there's enough of those types of stories. So already talking about malaria, which kills a lot more people than COVID ever did, I think that's going to be enough. I definitely will mention COVID. And I will say this, that we don't know exactly how much Africa was impacted by COVID. And we may never know because they just don't do a whole lot of testing there. But my guess is that because they get a lot of vitamin D, because they're relatively young, and because they spend a lot of time outdoors, they are probably not that affected compared to other parts of the world. That's been the saving grace because Africa typically gets the full brunt of tropical diseases and suffers far more than any other continent. But this particular virus has been relatively benign for the African continent, and that's great news. Yida continues. Another point I want to raise is who is the intended audience for your book, The Unseen Africa? Do you see children and educators reading your books? Perhaps some geography, social studies, teachers, professors have already read your books and reached out to you. There are lots of good discussion questions and essay topics that would come out in every chapter. Thank you so much for that great comment. Now, the intended audience of the book is going to be more the layperson, the person who's, of course, interested in Africa and travel and travel logs and people who buy Bill Bryson's book, if I could just get 10% of what he sells, oh, I'd be doing very well. But that's the intended audience. It's not going to be terribly the academic audience. It's, although it's interesting, every year I get orders for my Hike Your Own Hike book by some university. I can't remember the name of the university, and they use it in their classroom. I don't know why, but I don't know. never talked to the teacher who buys them. But anyway, I'm flattered, and it's great. I think that The Hidden Europe and The Unseen Africa could be used in the classroom setting, but it's not my primary audience. Although I do agree with you that it should be able to drum up a ton of questions. It ought to. But my problem is, is that most academic literature has a certain format, and they often are written in a much more dry style that's packed with sources and footnotes. That's just not what I want to write. I would rather write for the common audience, the regular people. I like to sometimes swear. I like to write in a colloquial fashion sometimes. I like to crack jokes. I like to make fun of things. I like to talk about taboo subjects like sexual sexual stuff going on in Africa. And all these things will just not work for a lot of academic situations. I unfortunately have to make a choice. Do I want to be kind of academic, quote-unquote respectable? Or do I want to be fun? I just like to tell it how it is. I like to be controversial. And that brings up the final point, which is, again, the academic world, Back even back when I went to college, but today, even more so, it is very politically correct. And I am not politically correct at all. I'm the worst. And so I just know, as I'm writing this book, that my book will be seen as such a toxic thing for so many of the academic people who are so woke. I'm just not woke at all. <laughs> they will burn my book 
and a lot of professors will hate it. They just can't handle some of the things that I will say in the book and I have been saying in the book. So I'll just give you one example. I don't bash colonialism completely. I don't see colonialism as all bad. I think there are some aspects of colonialism in Africa that were actually good, that actually helped the continent. But that opinion is so rejected by the academic powers that be that it will just never work. Yida continues, Your book is very educational and filled with facts, geography, history, culture, told in your engaging narrative voice. However, the funny adult stories and frank discussions on sex polygamy means it would be rated M for mature. Chances are, kids working on projects would be unlikely to find this book in their local libraries. I can see teenagers enjoying this, and the book is very readable. I'm curious whether this book would be selected by teachers, school librarians, as part of their educational resources. Thank you so much, Yida. I really appreciate that. I wish... I really, really wish that schools could read my book and that it would be accepted by academic people. But for the mention, the reasons I already mentioned and the reasons Yida mentions himself, he says, hey, this is you know, sex, polygamy, all sorts of stuff. It's rated M for mature. It's true. I don't see it happening, unfortunately. Lastly, he says, I can see the Unseen Africa being used as an introduction to Africa and students can then consult your bibliography for more academic reading. My favorite geography reference book is Lonely Planets, The World, because it goes through every country in an accessible manner. Well, thank you again. I mean, I really appreciate this feedback, Yida. I will put in a bibliography in the book to give people a chance to learn about things that they want to dive into more. Because in the end, every chapter, since there's 54 chapters, 54 countries, is going to be relatively short. And so if you really want to know all about Kenya, my book is not the book you want to read. It's just going to have a few pages on every country. And that's, by the way, one of my big challenges is keeping it super short, just like this podcast. And I'll end the podcast with a comment from DC Cranky. His final one, he says, one thing I find very appealing about your show is how insightful you are and the way you both remain open to ideas while expressing your own opinion, even if it is totally contrary to a guest, for example. How about if at the end of every show, you had a short segment in which you take one reader question or topic suggestion and run with that? It's another way to engage with listeners without bribing them with five-star reviews, and it's basically giving your show free ideas. It could be about anything, literally anything at all. If you can get an expert on your show to discuss with, great, all the better. But if not, you can just spin your wheels and answer the topic yourself. It should be the same duration every time, long enough to dig in, but not so long that you start to ramble. I'd say five to ten minutes max to answer one question. Maybe you can give it a catchy name, like New Idea Fix for Six, as in six minutes. That's a terrible name, but just to illustrate the point. And give listeners an opportunity to post their thoughts after the show. You'll read the top three most compelling feedback on the next show prior to the special segment. And if you do this, DC Cranky wants 
an associate producer credit. DC Cranky, I like it. I really do. So far, what I've been doing is when I do get feedback or comments or that kind of stuff, I pull them all together into one episode like I'm doing today. Your idea is basically, how about just take one comment and throw it at the very end of the show in that kind of format? I might experiment with that. Here's the only problem I have is that already, as we talked about, as you, in fact, talked about, DC Cranky, you said already my show sometimes can go on too long, especially if it goes over 50 minutes or an hour. So if I have a segment that's five or 10 minutes tacked on to the end of every show, that's going to extend that show already. And I like to keep things succinct. I guess this all comes down to his original comment, DC Cranky's original thing, which is scrub it, edit it, so that you get down to the essence and make every show roughly, let's say, 30 minutes. You add another five minutes or 10 minutes of a one-answer question. It could work. These are great suggestions. I need to digest these and think about it. And I might actually experiment with a couple of episodes and then see what you guys think and write back and say, hey, that really worked for me or not. In fact, I'll do that for that upcoming episode that I keep talking about, which is with the best travel show available right now. And that episode, I will take one listener question and tag it on to the end of the show and we'll try it out. New idea fix for six. That's a terrible name. I'll come up with something better, DC Cranky. All right, that's it. Thank you guys so much. And don't forget to subscribe, download the episodes, tell everybody about it, review it. And most of all, sign up to be a patron at patreon.com. It just costs $2 a month. How, how much is that? That's nothing. But it means a lot to me. Thank you, guys.